Enjoy this flyover clip. But let me finalize this passage with okay. the most difficult passage at the time. But now, after studying the Old Testament context of the coming of the Son of Man, I now think, for me personally, this is the easiest passage to understand as, as applying in the first century. But that's only because I now interpret Bible prophecy through the lens of symbolism from the Old Testament. In other words, New Testament prophets like Jesus and others are using Old Testament concepts. Once you go back and study what they meant in the Old Testament, you now understand what they mean in the New Testament. And this is, is one of the strongest examples of that. So he says in verse 29 of Matthew 24, immediately after the tribulation of those days. Okay, so I proved the tribulation was the first century. So he's still in the first century, folks. Immediately after that, what happens? The sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Well, that obviously hasn't happened yet. Oh, uh, well, what do you know when someone says that? Well, here's the thing. This language is used a lot in prophecy. Hang on, I got that down. When anybody says that hasn't happened yet, it means a person is unaware of their own assumptions. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, and interestingly, I call this uh, cosmic collapse or collapsing universe imagery. I got that from Gary DeMar, collapsing universe uh, sun being darkened, stars falling from the sky. This is language that's used in prophecy over and over again. And if you look into the Old Testament, you find out what this stuff was referred to. As a matter of fact, I, I even think that Jesus is quoting using the same language from Isaiah uh, of, of what Isaiah used. Let's, let's jump there. In Isaiah 13, verses 10. First of all, know that Isaiah 13 is talking about Babylon being destroyed by the Medes in 537 BC. That's the context. Okay. So in other words, Medes came and, or Babylon came and, you know, you know, destroyed uh, Israel and Jerusalem, but now the Medes, God's prophesying, but the Medes are going to take out Babylon. And what does he say? For the stars of the heaven and their constellation will not give their light. The sun will be dark in the rising. The moon will not shed its light. I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for the iniquity. Is he talking about the end of the world? No, he's talking about um, 537 BC, Babylon being destroyed. So again, hyperbolic language, destroying, punishing the world. No, he's punishing the, the known world of the time, uh, the ruling powers. I will put an end to the pomp in the air. Okay, so that stars and, and heavens falling, not giving their light and all that stuff. It's clearly a description about a historical event that we know already happened. And those things did not happen. <laughs> uh, so they are spiritual, but here's another thing we, we showed in, in the last, and this gets back to the Nephilim stuff. This is another element of that. In the last discussion we had, I talked a little bit about how the stars were understood as divinities in the Bible, as well as other ancient, ancient, um, um, cultures, stars were used, were referred to as divinities of some kind, deities. And so, um, and, and so uh, uh, the heavenly powers, in other words, and so when, and, and what do we say that, that heavenly powers were linked to earth? So when earth, earthly powers fell, heavenly powers fell, right? Daniel okay. 10, king of Persia, king of Greece, the sun will be darkened and the, and the stars fall from heaven. He's saying that those heavenly powers are falling to earth. They are losing their power because of the earthly uh, war that's going on. So this is also a reference to the sort of the, the spiritual powers falling. This is why I think also think that um, this is kind of connected to the end of the old covenant 
And what was under the old covenant? Uh, according to Moses, the watchers over the nations, right? So they're going to lose their powers. But more specifically, this language is also used against Israel. Um, there are other chapters. Let's see if I can find another passage. Um, Israel and okay, I love this one. Um, well, okay, I'll do Jeremiah. Well, no, no, I'll use one more example of uh, the stars and stuff because there's a lot of examples of this. You got a lot of tools in your belt, man. Yeah, well, these are all. I'm just working from my notes, you know. But ba so Babylon in 587 BC, Babylon destroyed Jerusalem and Israel, but it also destroyed Edom. And in Isaiah, he's also talking about God's going to judge Edom as well using Babylon. And what does he say? Isaiah 34, verse 4. All the host of heaven shall rot away. The skies roll up like a scroll and their host shall fail as the leaves fall from the vine, etc., etc. Oh, and he says, for my sword has drunk its fill in the heavens. Behold, it descends for judgment upon Edom, upon the people I've devoted to destruction. Listen, in my book, uh, End Times Bible Prophecy, I list a bunch of these passages and explain them. This is clearly a earthly judgment upon Edom, and God is using heavenly language of the collapsing universe to describe the spiritual and earthly powers falling, right? And so, um, and God, God is actually, you know, uh, God has used it as well of Israel. Um, let's see here. Well, here, here's another just example to get off into, into it, um, or, or to take a little bit of a branch. In Jeremiah 4, when the temple was destroyed in 586 BC, Jeremiah, this is how Jeremiah describes this hyperbole, again, hyperbole, exaggerated descriptions of the, of the you know, physical universe to express spiritual seriousness because God's you know, covenant and his temple are the ultimate spiritual, you know, the ultimate spiritual glory. So if they get destroyed, it's like the earth being destroyed, right? Okay. He says, I looked on the earth and behold, destruction of the temple, and behold, it was without form and void. Where did we hear that phrase before? Genesis 1. In other words, before God, the chaos of Genesis 1, before things were created, that's the term that Jeremiah uses, but he's saying it's happening. It obviously didn't happen. Uh-oh, don't assume. Uh, remember when someone says, obviously, what are they assuming? Well, look, it was without form and void. So he's saying in 586 BC, the whole creation went back to the chaos. No, that didn't happen. So this must be hyperbolic symbolism. The heavens, they had no light. The mountains were quaking. I looked and behold, there was no man. The birds of the air had fled. The fruitful land was a desert. He's, it's like he's undoing creation, isn't he? He's saying the opposite of what Genesis 1 says. There's no man. There's no animal. There's no fruit. There's no, right? So Jeremiah is creatively saying the destruction of the temple by Babylon in 586 BC was like the entire earth going back to a pre-create was going back to a chaos state because why? Because God's temple was the, was the order of the spiritual, the spiritual order of God's universe, right? So if that's destroyed, it's like returning creation back to chaos. That is symbolic hyperbole again and again and again. So when you read this in, in, 
New Testament prophecy on what do we say that from the very start, the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple is what Jesus said it's about. And so he's saying that is like the destruction of the universe. That's like the destruction of the whole earth. That's like the stars mm. falling from the sky, right? Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what am I going to do about my finances? You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how in 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. Wow. The, the jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. Today, that $20 bill, what's it gonna get you? Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a <laughs> handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's gonna keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information for your free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a my pillow or not, you need to get the brand new my pillow 2.0. Call or go to mypillow.com now. Use your promo code and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit MyPillow.com. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.